And welcome in to another NFL Warren podcast going through all the divisions in the NFL. Uh, we are now up to the NFC North. I am joined by St. Luke's head coach, newly St. Luke's head coach, Matt Giatina. How's it doing, Matt? Fantastic, man. I'm I'm excited to uh to dive into another divisional kind of breakdown and talk about, you know, win projections and a little bit of the draft stuff that these teams had. So black and blue division, right? And so um gonna be a, a always a grinded out kind of uh the big ten of the NFL, if you will. Um Essentially, but I'm yeah. Break, yeah. So I'm excited to break this down. No, me too. And uh, I must say, it was fun having you on last week talk about the AFC East. I did the AFC East by myself, and I forgot how much I fucking hate podcasting alone. It is the <laughs> saddest thing in existence. I like. I don't know how. I have friends who do radio solo, and yeah, I don't know how they how they do it. It is just brutal. You're talking to nobody. Like, I. Yeah, I was going to say shout out to our boy Ryan Hickey because he, yes. he still does his own show. And I remember when he first started it, I remember listening to him because I always supported him, right? And I was just like, I don't know how he does it. He's super talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he went from having a co-host to doing it by himself. So, I mean, I remember listening to those first few episodes by himself. I'm like, he's that's when I knew that Ryan was like, was a real deal because I'm like, he sounds great doing it. It's organized, and I could never even imagine that. So, no, I, I can't do it. I've tried it a few times. I just like, I get bored of myself. I'm like, people yeah. want to listen to me talk about this all day. Like, I, yeah. I need someone to bounce off of, man. Like, I can't, I can't do the me talking about something for an hour. Like, I, like, I don't know about you. Like, when I do speeches, like, ever. I keep my speeches very short. Like yeah. I'm always like a five minute guy. Like if it can't be, if it can't be summed up in five minutes and like, you're taking too long. Like, it's just, yep. Like that, that's why I, I don't, I don't do religion, man. Sermons are too damn long for me. I'm not, not sitting there for 30 minutes. The priest tells me about what, what, uh, you know, what show he was watching on TV land. Like I'm good. Right. <laughs> TV land. Wow. That's a throwback. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I thought you would, you would like that, but, Sorry. um, let's jump right into the NFC yeah. North. Uh, and I want to start with the team. The uh, and this this time I have I have slides, right? Wow, this wow. is no joke. Exactly, exactly. Guarantee there's at least one spelling mistake per slide because I was a com major, not an English major. Um, but I want to start with the Bears, as you see, projected and actual wins on the fucking money. Three wins, uh, and this year I don't I don't think it's gonna be much. Better. I, I feel like the Bears um, media has kind of hyped this team up a little bit. And yeah, and I think we have forgotten that Justin Fields is not a great player yeah. yet. Like, yeah. listen, he's, he's going to his third year, and we've seen um, some quarterbacks take that third year. Really, it's usually two at this point, but we've seen quarterbacks like Josh Allen need that mm-hmm. third year to really show uh, what they can do. However, even besides that, like that quarterback room is bad, right? Like PJ Walker and Nathan Peterman is not who you like. They're all in on this. Yeah. Um, not even like all in like on Justin Fields. Like if he goes down, like this, 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 this like you can't really get worse than four wins. You can yes. But like it's, it's pretty bad. And then you look at the rest of this roster, like outside of linebacker, which I think is very good, right? Yes. Yeah. Edmonds, TJ uh, Edwards. Yeah. Um, like uh, Jack Sanborn, like Dylan Cole, these these are ve- these like no Dylan Cole, Jack Sanborn are, are good, um, but Edmonds and Edwards are two of the best 
in, in yep. football. So like that's that's an excellent um, group. Outside of that, yep. like the running back core is okay. You know, it's okay. The, the receiving core is like at this point, and and, and correct, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Chase Claypool is more of a name than an actual player. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, for sure. I think actually, I think Darnell Mooney is a better player. Like I think Darnell Mooney yeah. is a way better player, right? And he's technically there. They're three and a guy who I really liked in the draft, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but That's Tyler fine. Scott's a guy who I think could end up becoming, you know, a really, really good player in this league. Um, and is I think gonna be better than you know than those guys from the jump. I think he could be he's in the mix for to have a really big impact as a rookie, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and then you know, looking down at the offensive line here, it's not a good line. Like it's, it's a pretty poor line. Yeah. Um, it's it's not overly deep. Um, really, only two backups, right? With Lucas Patrick and Alex Leatherwood being like any yep. halfway decent. And yep. You could even argue is like, is Alex Leatherwood even halfway decent? Like, we're talking about a guy who might be out of the league in a few years. Um, yeah. We don't know what we're gonna get. Darnell Wright in year one. No, you expect halfway decent, but like line takes time. Tackle takes yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, even though he was projected as the most Pro ready route prospect. I hate that. I hate that. Yeah, pro ready. It, and I was like, it rarely ever comes to fruition. Like yeah. usually, it's it's some dude that because it, it's so dependent on uh, on personality traits and situation and coaching. Like yeah. it, it's rarely ever like the player. Um, sure. So you know, we'll we'll see what uh, what happens with this line. But like you know, Cody Whitehair is good. Nate Davis, I think, is pretty decent. Um, and then Tevin Jenkins has not lived up to it yet. But again, still like relatively young. Uh, Braxton Jones, young, but it's not a good a good group. And then the rest of this defense is like, eh. You know, that's not a good team. Like, this is a bottom-of-the-barrel team. Um, I, like, so, it, in my opinion, if Justin Fields isn't an all-pro quarterback yeah. this season, I don't think he's a Chicago Bear in 2024. I, I mean, I agree with that. And I think when you look at aside from DJ Moore, right? Like there's no one on this team that is like, I mean, aside, okay. TJ Edwards and Tremaine and Edmonds, you, you mentioned, right? Okay. So I'll give you those three guys. Aside from that, every single guy that you look at is a guy that on most other teams, you're saying, eh, average, right? Average starter, uh, maybe a, a really, really quality backup guy, right? Like this is a really, really poor roster. And I think also, like, it kind of – I think it also has to do with the coaching staff. Like, you look at this coaching staff, there's not really a notable guy on the staff that you're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, um, you know, Matt Eberflus is their head coach, but they have, you know, a big-name guy, a fairly big-name guy, like a Leslie Frazier as a D coordinator, right? There's no real big name on this coaching staff, and I think – since that the coaching staff is underwhelming, it almost resonates into the roster. It's pretty funny. Um, I, I mean, with that being said, though, I do think that they had a good draft. You know, talking about the draft really quickly, um, I was a big fan of their draft. Um, you know, Darnell Wright, we talked about Irving Dexter, I think, is a really a very good defensive tackle. He's going to be a very quality defensive tackle in this league. Tyreek Stevenson, um, I think, is a, is a pretty serviceable corner. Um, and then in the fourth round, they got Tyler Scott. And before that, they got Roshan Johnson, 
the running back out of Texas, who was Bijan Robinson's backup, but some guys said he was an even better leader than Bijan. Um, and then Noah Sewell, Panay Sewell's brother, right? So they'll be going head to head in the in the AFC uh, in the NFC North, excuse me. Um, but I thought that their their guys that they drafted as a whole was a really really quality draft for them. Um, again, I don't know if a lot of guys are going to end up becoming stars. I think, you know, you have the opportunity, of course, Darnell, right. And then the other guy I would think of is Tyler Scott, like Tyler Scott could be that guy, mid round guy who really, I think, um, blows up to a, not a superstar, but I would say a low level star. No, I'm, I'm, I, I agree with that. I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I know if I agree with the Tyler Scott becoming a level star, but you know, that's why we, we scout these things. So, but I trust your opinion. So I, I will you. say, even if he does, but I, my problem is even with that, and I do agree, their draft was pretty decent. Uh, it, you're probably not getting any of these guys being impact no. players year one, right? No, and you need impact players year one because it seems like, you know, if they fail, I don't know if if, if they if they pick in the top five again next year, you tell me they're going to pass over a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think so. I mean, again, you always have to see how things pan out with the draft, and I I know what you're I know what you're saying. I know your point, and I just think with this draft, there's going to be teams like the Bucks and the Cardinals who could be just as bad, if not worse, with more capital. Um, so I don't know. I mean, did the Bears in that trade for the first pick? Did they end up getting Carolina's next year's first? I think that they did, right? I think they did. Yeah, but I think Carolina's can be decent this year too, though. So yeah, I, I think it'd be bad. I think like I think like a seven-win team. I don't think it'll be a Carolina. top five pick, right? I don't mm-hmm. think it'll be a no. I'll be like a top ten pick, maybe top fifteen. Yeah, definitely top maybe, fifteen. Maybe yeah, top fifteen for sure. So you may, you're seeing the Bears probably with two picks within the top fifteen next year, um, which maybe they could package depending on what it is, but. I mean, aside from Caleb Williams and Drake May, I mean, I don't know. I mean, again, this happens every year at this time. It's hard to play, you know. It's We're not playing Monday morning quarterback before Sunday even happens. So. Right, right. And, and let's remind everybody here, uh, the projections I have are not based on schedule. Uh, I don't do that. That's not – because I feel like you, – you get you follow the traps that way, right? Like win-loss, win-loss, because you can't project who's going to be available. Yeah. Uh, you know, come mid-November or who's going to be on the roster or, or what's going to be happening at that point. Uh, yeah. This is all based on roster strength. Um, yeah. uh, we, I did pretty well last year with this, so we're trying it again this year. Uh, obviously, Matt's going on his own opinions. Um, so, you know, you, if you don't like mine, you can like his and, you know, fuck me, whatever. Um, but, you don't like mine, you can like Matt's, it's yeah, fine. If, if you don't like either one, I guess go fuck yourself. Like, I'm sorry. Just go watch <laughs> another podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Comment in, uh, I guess, you know, comment there. I promise I won't ever read it. Um, <laughs> moving over to... Uh, Green Bay, and also the rest of these teams, and I'll just be very frank: this division is mid as fuck. Um, like there is not a, there's outside of Chicago, which I think is a bad team. The rest are just like, eh, yeah. Wouldn't surprise me if if uh, well, obviously one has to make the playoffs, but it wouldn't surprise me if like one of these guys like snuck into a wild card spot. Also, wouldn't surprise me if none of them do. Uh, and and starting with uh, Green Bay here, like kind of like this mid group. Um, you know, I have at seven and a half wins. Which I think is pretty fair after Rogers' departure. Yep. Uh, yep. I had nine last year; they had eight, uh, so it's not like it was that far off. This roster is just very young. It's just a very young roster. Uh, I actually think it's a uh, a very talented roster. Um, the problem for me is this receiving core. While it has some nice names like Christian Watson and 
Romeo Dobbs and uh, and Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave and Tyler Kraft. Like these guys are all rookies or first year players. Yeah, uh, or, or guys going into their second year. Um, that could be, a, you know, a hell of a group in 2025. But for 2023, this is not great. And then you're pairing them with Jordan Love, who's never started a full year. So you know it's just it's going to be a rough go for Green Bay next year. Uh, even if everything hits, it's going to be a rough go. Um, I think it'll probably hit the under part of the 7.5, probably at the 7 yeah. mark. Uh, but where they can be kind of picked up is like the, this edge group they have. Uh, I'll say it's strong at the top with Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. And then the depth with Lucas Van Ness and Justin Hollins and Jonathan Garvin. Uh, like this is this is a good group uh, of edge rushers. Um, and then also they have like, you know, I don't want to count out here the uh, the corners. If, you know, Jair Alexander and Russell Douglas. Like the defense actually Decent. isn't bad. Yeah, yeah in Green Bay. So that, that can keep them in that seven, eight, nine win conversation. It's just who from this offense steps up. And then, you know, what are we getting out of David Bakhtiari? Like, is he, because it, it's, you know, injuries have happened over the last few years. Mm-hmm. He, he was once one of the best. He is no longer one of the best. Yep. Um, but we know he has the ability to be one of the best. Yeah. So if he comes out and has like one of those, like, random resurgence years you find veterans every now and then that just like return to former glory for like an eight game stretch yeah um then you're looking at like a halfway decent team and it's just you need Dobbs or watson to take the next step and so you know uh aaron jones and aj dylan can both be uh franchise running backs um so there's a lot there's a lot to like here but as someone who's projecting based off of roster strength right now this is kind of like a, a toss-up like i don't know what we're going to see as some of these guys, seven wins, eight wins. To me, I don't think this team's going to be picking in the top 10, but I also would be surprised if they went to the playoffs. I think they're going to be, they're going to be a hard out for the entire season. I think it'd be a pretty mid team, but I would, I would say if this team does end up with seven wins, seven, eight wins, I would be ecstatic as a Packers fan. Cause that means a lot of things went right. And the foundational pieces they have there could build them to, I'm not going to say like a Rodgers or a Favre team because those are just ridiculous, but it could be a very good team. Um, and with the the North as it is, you know, a, just a good team can win the North. Yeah, and I think, you know, we talked about a lot about their strengths, right, kind of being that edge group and then just being the defense as a whole. That's really kind of their, their meat and potatoes, if you will. And to go against, you know, a lot of these other programs in the in the nfc north you know that are going to want to run the ball cold weather hard nose black and blue division like you said having that strength in the defense right especially in having those really strong corners as well is a real big bonus for them and that's where they can win games and very opposite to uh chicago like their coaching staff is pretty impressive right i think um, they have a pretty decent staff, some good guys when you kind of look at their coaching staff. I mean, I think that, again, to your point, I could see them right under that seven and a half number. I agree with that seven mark. But again, it's it goes back to the quarterback. And, you know, if Jordan Love has a Jared Goff type year, talking about the Lions in a little bit, right, uh, you know, they're going to have a pretty good year, I think. They, you know, they're going to run, they'll run the football, they'll play action, tight ends, and some of their younger receivers. And 
Um, but you know, there's such an unknown with Jordan Love, right? And I don't, I don't want to say that it's fair to judge him one way or the other, but there really is an unknown, and it's so odd to say about a guy who's been in the league. I feel like we've been waiting and waiting and waiting. Um, but then Aaron Rodgers came out of the cave and uh, became Iron Man. No, I'm kidding. But he, uh, you know, you're not and, wrong. Yeah, you know. So this is what happens. But you know, and I, I, I hope I actually want to see Jordan Love do well. I really do. Me too. Um, I hope he does, and and that's the case. But you said it. I mean, the old line Bakhtiari, bit of a question mark, and then the right side of their line John Runyon, and then they have another guy at the right tackle spot who's Zach really Tom. Not, Zach Tom, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not great. Um, so, you know, younger tight ends, right? And just so, like, for me, yeah, two rookies, Musgrave and Kraft. Musgrave, yep, and then Kraft from South Dakota State, um, FCS school. So, you know, I think uh, when you look at the, the the Packers, they're I think a seven win team. At bet, I wouldn't be surprised if they were a six win team. Uh, but awesome. seven, you know, between six and eight, I think that seven and a half number is a good one. But I would go a little bit below that. Seven is the sweet spot for me. Yeah, I'm 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 with that as well. Yeah. Um, I think we're gonna see a lot uh, this uh, a lot to be proven this year, right? We'll yep. see what Matt Lafleur can do, right? There's been a lot of questions about yep. who carries the Packers. Is it Aaron Rodgers, Matt Lafleur? I'm not saying Matt Lafleur has to create a top five offense, right? That would be Correct. that would be amazing. Like, but if they can finish in the top fifteen, top half of the of the league, I would say that's a great job uh, yeah. for for Green Bay. Yeah. Um, and then this is also going to be a big. Um, kind of a test for do you sit quarterbacks? Yeah. Right. Cause this, everyone's been pointing to Jordan love. This is, this, this, no, this is the guy that let them sit, let them do their thing. Does sitting quarterbacks help? Um, I I'm under, I was always under the impression that it does not, especially yeah. in today's game. Uh, and definitely not more than a season, right? Like if you want to tell me, yeah. like we know Mahomes um, sat for a year, but, at the same time, like I, you know, I don't remember that Mahomes game. He played, he played one game. He lit it up. It wasn't like he came out and he sucked that one game. Like he yeah. killed him. Um, I don't think Mahomes would have been MVP in year one, but like I, there's a good chance Patrick Mahomes could have taken over in the half of the year mark and been fine. Uh, with with yeah. That. So you know, I, I I I'm it's a weird balance, right? I'm not a huge fan of starting quarterbacks week one of the season, but. By like week eight, week nine, if they're not starting, like something's wrong. Something's wrong here. And if you're hiding them, that means we have a problem. It's kind of like, and I this is low hanging fruit for you and I, but it's kind of like Daniel Jones. It's kind of like Eli Manning, but with Kurt Warner, it's that's kind of how they approached it. And I think, I mean, I, I got to be honest with you though. Like, if I was a Packers fan, and they benched Aaron Rodgers with plenty of good quality games left in his career. I think it also depends on who, what situation it is. Right. So like Anthony Richardson should play for Indianapolis, right? Yeah. There, are certain, there are certain guys that to your point, just play them. Like you don't have to sit Anthony Richardson. So I don't even know who the other guy is in Indianapolis. Would it's Minshew. It's right. It's Minshew. So, but you know what? Honestly, you know what you're getting at him. Like Minshew's not going to win. You get. I get it. I get that. But this is exactly to my point. Just play Anthony Richardson. It's not Aaron Rodgers in front of him. No, like I, I think I'd probably still play Minshew for a game or two. Uh, a game or two. If it, to yeah, go yeah. off of your point, yes. Right. I, 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 no, by October, I want right. Richardson playing. It's really just because yeah, 
you and I are both coaches. You know how long it takes to to put it in offense. Obviously, that's professional. Oh wow! So, so they have um, obviously more time to learn it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But they're the offenses in the NFL are so complex, yeah. so complex. Yeah. Just the verbiage is complex. Like you're yeah. spitting out these plays that are like paragraphs long. Um, and you're coming from a guy who's like Anthony Richardson, who came from Florida, one year starter. Uh, and no, they're going off like you know hand signals and boards, right? Like. Or like you know that's you know you're, that's that's a lot to learn in one year. So like that that's why I, I would like to see him kind of ease into the role. Um, I'm not saying for the whole year, and I'm not even saying if Minch is doing well. Like by like week four, I'd want to see Richard in there uh, because also you know, he's a runner. We know what you know, that that's automatic value, so that's something right. you can kind of lean on. Right. Uh, and I wouldn't want to be like, oh, put him in the package. Like no, like he should just be a backup. Let him learn. How to be a how to be a starter, um, and it's not like you know, not like Garner Mitchell has to teach him. It's just like right. he has to be coached up. Like this is how you prepare for for a week. This is how yeah. you prepare for a game. This is how you um, no, this is how you call plays. How you do all, all this stuff. Um, so I, I I would like to see him bounce, not see him start immediately. Um, but yeah, like if he's a number what number three pick overall, like. He's got to play by October. Like, by October, he's got to be in there. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like, but, but I'm also not a big fan of, like, premisic relief. Like, if you're not going right. to play him, do not play him. Right. Like, all right, well, because, again, you were also a player. I played too, but I suck. But you were also a player. Like, you know, if you're a backup and, you know, you're preparing, especially a young backup, and you're not, like, in that space, like, all right, I'm starting, I'm playing, I'm starting. If you get thrown in mid-game, you're like, I'm not. Like in the headspace yeah. for this, it's so a whirlwind. Like, it's a it's yeah, a like 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 not that you didn't prepare, like you definitely did, but it's like you're not in the headspace, like a different like, and you're going in with guys who have been hitting for a full for a full half. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just not not the same. Yeah, it's like it's like if God forbid there's a pitcher who gets hurt mid game, all of a sudden the reliever comes in, he hasn't warmed up, <laughs> they run him out from the bullpen, he's quickly throwing some, you know, <laughs> he's trying to warm up his arm from zero to a hundred. It's it's just like that, it's, and it's I don't mean physically. It's mentally like that's a really like power packed situation, and in the pressure cooker of the NFL, you know that that's that's tough. So, um, yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, Jordan Love is going to be the X factor again, low hanging fruit, but that's just what it is, and um, it'll be interesting to see what happens because I think this could be it for Matt Lafleur. I, I I I think so. I think it could be you know, one or two more years of this kind of regime. And I think I, you could see it starting to change, especially if it doesn't work out with Jordan Love. And so I think that that's possible. If it doesn't work with Jordan Love, I think it does change. Absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But we we shall see. Uh, on to the Detroit Lions restoring the roar. Yes, um, my favorite the Lions, team. The, the Lions were, were one of my favorite storylines just in general because, you know, the analytics community loved the Lions, right? Like every year, the analyst community like just goes behind a team. I don't always know why. They just yeah. do. Um, and then they go out there, they draft Jack Campbell and Jameer Gibbs, and the analyst yeah. community like collectively fainted. Um, yeah, crashes, yes. Yeah. So uh this year, you know, they're the analyst community not super behind them, uh, but not terribly. Um last year I had seven wins, and they started terribly. They end up getting nine wins. Again, that's seven to nine is a toss-up, essentially. That, that's the middle class of the NFL there. Um, and I have them at seven and a half wins again. 
Um, people love Jared Goff. I don't love Jared Goff. I think he's good. I, I think yeah. he was. I think he's better than a lot in the people in the media and uh, analysts say he is. Like he's a yeah. plus starter, absolutely a plus starter. So can but I always can I say what I, what I think he is? Like I think he is what people wanted Mark Sanchez to be. Like what Mark That's Sanchez one, yeah. was. What Mark Sanchez was with the Jets when they made it to back-to-back AFC Championship games, that's Jared Goff at this point. Like he's a he's a little bit more than a game manager, right? A little bit more, but they're gonna run the football, they're gonna play action, they're gonna hit you with crossers, and 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 like I said, I think it's a, a little bit better version of Mark Sanchez at his best. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um again, I think he's still a plus starter. Top 15 quarterback in the league. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Um, now, will that continue? You would think so. He's not that old. Uh, and they, the, the thing with this, and I and for, you know, the strength with this is it's not an error. It's the same as Green Bay. Um, but <laughs> I almost put quarterback there. And it wasn't even yeah. so much because Jared Goff is bad. And, like, again, like Jared, he's, he's below the threshold you need for a Super Bowl quarterback. Absolutely. Like, behind him is Nate Sudfeld. Like, there is nothing behind – like, they put all their chips into Jared Goff. Not saying that you need, like, a backup plan, right? I'm not a huge fan of backup plans for quarterbacks. Yeah. But like, you need – the right now, if Jared Goff goes down, there's no one to even help this team survive well, for three or four games. Like, Ken I have Hooker no can't play. Ken exactly. Can't, right? He's, he's, a, he's a red shirt. That's a medical red shirt. That's a, sta- you know, pick and stash type thing, right? Uh, draft yeah. and stash. So – you know, that's that's it's, not even an option for them. It's not an option. It's, it's a real problem uh, for them. And then you look around at this offense. I know they had a decent offense. Not decent. They had a very good offense last year. Let's not sugarcoat it. Sure, yeah. Um, their, their offense this year is iffy, right? Like, you have Amon Ross St. Brown, who's one of the best slot receivers in the game. Yep. If not right. the best. You can argue him or CeeDee Lamb at this point. Um but then you have Marvin Jones Jr., who is like 107 years old. Like I, I don't know how this guy's still playing. It's amazing. Um, uh, and then you have Josh Reynolds, like this is Khalif Raymond. Like these are not great receivers. These are like pretty, yeah. you know, average receivers. Jameson Williams is not on the field still. Like that's that's a whole other problem. Like that's that's a real issue. Um, and then your tight ends, like Sam Laporta. Uh, we hope he could be good, but. Titans hit like four years to develop. This is this is not a great receiving core, uh, and then the offensive line is good. Like that is the one place where yeah, I that's... feel pretty good about the, about the Lions. Uh, Taylor Decker is good. Jonah Jackson is good. Right, right now is one of the best centers in the game. Vitai uh, is one that I was always hoping to be a little better than he actually is. Like he's still yeah. like a like an like a average starter, not a bad player, but yeah. he's nothing great. And then Penny Sewell is one of the best right tackles in the game right now. Yep. Uh, and then below them, you have you have about three guys like Graham Glasgow, Logan Sternberg, uh, Stenberg, and Matt Nelson, who can all play. So these are good. It, they were almost my pick for strength. The reason that we have edge rushers is that Aiden Hutchinson, Charles Harris, Josh Pascal, Romeo Quara, Julia Quara. That is yeah. five guys that yep. can play. And you know, Aiden Hutchinson's probably you know, I, he, I he had a good year last year. I think he was about a year away from being. Um, like that impact level player, that plus level player, I think it'll be this year. Yep. Uh, Charles Harris, I don't think is that kind of guy, but like, oh, 
Romeo Quar and Julian Quar are, are both great players. Like yeah, they, and they can and they could. Um, I think was it was it uh, one of them was hurt last year. I, I'm blanking on which one. It was Julian or Romeo, but like one of those guys can easily be, you know, the number two guy without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's it's a very deep group of edge rushers. Um, so I feel very good. Oh, and and John Kaminsky, which I forgot. Yes. About. Yeah. Uh, so like like there's like there there are six guys on this group who are very good. Uh, or sorry, there are six who are rotational at worst. Right. Um, so like that's a very good edge rushing group. Uh, it just edges out offensive line for me. Um, and then you know and like not not to kill the corners either. Like Cameron Sutton, uh, C.J. Gardner Johnson. Like this is a pretty. They don't have a whole lot of depth at corner. But like yeah. the top. It's it's not it's not bad top heavy like it's this defense is is better than last year yeah uh, I like the offensive line the problem for me is like it's it is weak in certain areas that you can't be weak in right like yep. receiving core like you really need you don't need an amazing receiving core yeah but you need better than what they have right yep Jared Jared Goff isn't good enough to lift this receiving core. Like he's not. Like he's not. He's not that level. Right. Um, the running backs are fine. Gibbs and Montgomery are fine. Um, and then the rest of the defense is like you know, okay, right? Nothing really right home about when it comes of the tackles. Uh, linebackers are okay. We'll, we'll see what Jack Campbell does in his first year. Yep. Safeties are, you know, again, we'll see what Brian Branch does in his first year. Yeah. Uh, so it's not bad. It's not great. Again, they're in the middle class in the NFL. I think they probably finish above that seven and a half, probably to that eight mark above the above the Packers. Uh, and I think they really shot them to kind of get into the playoffs as another nine win team. Um, but this team is not. Uh, they're not a Super Bowl contender, not in my mind. Yeah, no, they're not. They're not. But I. But again, you know, I go back to Dan Campbell, like next to Brian Dable is my favorite coach in the NFL. I mean, he really, he's a great, he's a master motivator. I think his coaching staff is master motivators. When you saw them on hard knocks, they are a competitive coaching staff and that translates to the players, right? So yeah, I agree with you. You know, the Marvin Joneses and the Josh Reynolds and the Khalif Raymonds are not flashy and they're not attractive, but those guys compete. They find ways to make enough plays. They're not going to go above and beyond, but they're going to make enough plays. And and I think you, know, you talked about corner being a little weak, and I agree, but Cam Sutton was a great pickup. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Brian Branch will play some nickel for them and and Gardner Johnson will play safety. Um, you know, I think I think that they'll be okay. I, I think that they're getting there. They're they're right there on the cusp. Of course, the edge rushers group is is really, really impressive. Um I would have liked to have seen them kind of keep uh, Jamal Williams, just because I think he fit there. I mean, no, they got personality. Yeah, just personality. Yeah, I, yeah, mean, I he, agree. He he had a tremendous year. I mean, he really did. I mean, I know he was more of a goal line short yardage back, but I believe he had 17 touchdowns. Um, is David Montgomery going to give you that? I, I just I don't think so. I mean, I, granted, I don't think Jamal Williams is going to have the same year again. But no, and, and yeah. I agree with you. And, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but like. No. Yeah, like, uh, that that's something I understood. Like when you have a player like Jamal Williams, right? right. Uh, again, who I don't think is a great player. I think he's a, a pretty average player, right? Because yeah. touchdowns are very um, situational heavy. 
right? Like if you're getting goal line carries, you're gonna get goal line touchdowns. I guess this is what it, what it is, right? And Jacobs, yeah, exactly. Um, but like Dave Montgomery's not any better than him. So like, and but you know yeah. Jamal produces in your offense, right? Why go out and get Dave Montgomery? And you know Jamal Williams is, is a fan favorite, and he has that that personality, uh, personality uh, and he would yeah. bring some veteran leadership into that into that group, right? Because right now, you know, although Montgomery's a veteran, the entire group essentially new. Like, why? Like, I would like to have him in there because uh, yeah. you know, we, who knows? But like, honestly, we expect Jameer Gibbs to be good to go immediately. Um, but it'd be nice to have someone in there that like kind of knows the ropes and. Yeah. Um, I didn't understand that move. That to me, that was like that was a lateral move, uh, yeah. at best. At best, correct. I agree. So yeah, for me, I agree. I think that they they could. I think that they're the team that, like, would it shock me if Detroit won the NFC North? It really wouldn't. I have to be honest with you. It really wouldn't. I mean, again, I think it's just because of coaching. Um, they coach those guys hard. Those kid, those guys play hard on that team. They're not gonna quit. Any time of the year, they're going to be spoilers if you're in the playoffs or you have to get in the playoffs and they're not. Um, so I enjoy watching them. And honestly, they've they've turned that that organization around. I just can't st- stand their GM every pick. He's literally banging the table because he thinks it's the greatest pick ever and it makes me want to throw him through a table. But, um, but other than that, yeah, I'm excited to see them this year. Again, I think. You know, I'm happy. I'm just happy for Detroit fans, though, to be honest with you, because they've they've suffered a very long time, they, a they very have. long so time. I, I am happy too for them. Yeah. Um, so, all right, let, let's get to the last one yeah, here, and we'll wrap up because we're getting close here. Uh, yes. Minnesota Vikings. Yes, this one's a little interesting, right? Because Dalvin Cook has not been released yet, as the time of this recording. Uh, there have been talks about him being released, but I've not seen anything about him actually being released yet. Not yet, yeah. Uh, so it's just right now a rumor mill. So until I see anything, I'm not going to adjust because we see this all the time, where it's like, sure. oh yeah, like look, look at the awesome Nekwa thing, right? Like, oh, he's gonna get traded, he's gonna get released, and they restart the contract and stuff, right? Yeah. Dalvin Cook may still the fact that it's past June first now and he's still on the roster makes me feel that Dalvin Cook is going to be on a Minnesota Viking next year. Um, However, if he is not, that does change my projection. Uh, so, right now, I have them at nine wins. Last year, I had them at seven. Yeah. They had 13. However, anyone that watched the Vikings know that those 13 wins was uh, fraud. inflated. It was a fraud. Yeah. They were still a 10-win team, probably. Like, like I was under their projection, 100%. Like, you don't, like seven yeah. or 13, you can't just explain with you know, one win, uh, one yeah, session game. Sure. Uh, but. They were not a 13-win team. They were five close to a 10-win yeah. Um, So I feel pretty good about their nine-win protection. However, if they lose Dalvin Cook, I think they drop to the seven wins. Yes, 100%. Because um, outside Alexander Madison, there is nobody else in that roster I feel good about carrying the ball. Um, it's a, a pretty weak running back group a- after Madison. Um, I like Kirk Cousins more than most. I think he's I an impact level quarterback. I, I I think he gets paid on too much. He's not, you know, a high blue type guy like a Mahomes or anything close to that. Um, yeah. But he is productive as fuck. Like, like he's been productive, highly productive for the last you know few years of his career. Um, and I know people will will criticize him for for not doing well on. Uh, uh, primetime games, but like this is such a small sample size to to kill a dude on. Um, so over the course of an 
you know, 17 game season, if he's going to be great for 12 of those games, I'll take that. Yeah. Sure. I, don't, I don't care if it's at one o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll take him being great 12 times. Um, now, does that mean he'll be a Super Bowl quarterback? Probably not. You know, like it, it's, he would have to have a ridiculous stretch. We've seen him go on those stretches at one o'clock in the afternoon, uh, but we have not seen him do it um, against like real quality opponents, like deep. Sure. The rest of this team, you know, Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne, already proven commodities at receiver. Uh, Jordan Addison is going to, I think, is fine for receiver two. He could be really good. Uh, Jalen Rager is there, uh, is depth player. That's about as far as it goes, really. The receivers, and then TJ Hawkinson is one of the best tight ends in the game right now. Um, yeah. and then Josh Oliver and Johnny Munt are like, you know, I, I wouldn't call them like, you know, receiving game breakers. Yeah. yeah, but 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 they're there. Like, and like, you know, they can they can block. And they're serviceable. They're, 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 yeah. they're good for tight ends. They're good. Um, for tight ends two and three, they're, they're pretty solid. Yeah. Um, on the offense, where it scares me is the offensive line, and they were very close to that to being the weakness, right? Christian Darrisaw was one of the best was one of the best left tackles in the game last year. I I didn't grade him super high because it's one year production. We'll see what he does uh, next year if he carries that into it. Then uh, the, we're talking about a potential you know top five left tackle uh, in the game. Ezra Cleveland never lived up to the draft hype that he had, but again, yeah. we're still youngish in his career can still be decent as a, as a guard. Uh, Gab Bradbury never panned out to be that center. Um, uh, Ed Ingram's only a year into his career. Uh, Brian O'Neill's very good. So their de- the tackles are good. The tackles are solid. The interiors, yeah. Uh, and then the depth is pretty, pretty good, right? Um, Reed, Oda, and Schlotman are all solid uh, backups. So it's, it's not bad, but it, the interior is rough. It's a very rough interior. Um, and then going down to their defense, uh, losing Darius Smith to me was big. Like I really hated yeah. that move for them. Uh, it didn't make any, it didn't make any sense to me. Like I understand you have Dale Hunter and Marcus Davenport, but like when you're in a nine-win team like this, right? Um, you're in that middle class. You need anything to escape that middle class. Having yeah. a, a edge rusher group of Hunter, Davenport, and Smith gets you out of that middle class, gets you to that 10-win mark, that 9.5-win mark, to secure the NFC North, secure the division, and possibly ride that into the playoffs. Now they're, you know, a Dalvin Cook cut away to being just, like, in like it was like in the mesh with, like, with, uh, with Green Bay and Detroit. Uh, <laughs> so I thought this was a horrible decision yeah. to trade him. I really hated it, um, especially when you look at the rest of the edge group. Like, you know, DJ Warnham is good or good for a fringe player, and then there, there's no one else there. <laughs> there's no one else in the edge group. Uh, and then defensive yeah. tackle-wise, like, it's all rotational guys right now. So, like, they really weaken their defensive line. What do you think? I think the best part of the Minnesota Vikings offseason defensively was bringing in Brian Flores. Um I'm just being honest. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. I agree. I think, you know, we saw firsthand, you know, this defense against the Giants in the playoffs as, as Giants fans. And, you know, they wanted to blame, you know, the defensive coordinator. They fired him. And, like, they stunk. Like, that defensive, that defensive unit is bad. Um, I don't care what the scheme was. And, 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 you know, as good as Brian Flores is, 
does he steal them a game because it's Brian Flores and he could scheme it and he maybe he could maybe maybe I doubt it but maybe is it an upgrade from what they had it is uh, coaching wise but player wise they're worse like you brought up Smith is gone Harrison Smith is a year older he's lost he's gone Patrick Peterson's a guy, but even Patrick Peterson, like he had lost a step, right? He's, he's oh, lost yeah, but I'd rather him than Andrew Booth, but that's like, <laughs> that's true too. Yeah, I mean, Byron Murphy is a decent player, you know, he's decent. Him and Harrison Smith are the only two guys in that secondary that I feel good about yep. right now. And but Harrison Smith, you know, he was drafted in I think 2012, like you're right, 2012. I graduated high school in 2012, so you know, <laughs> it's been a minute. Know, <laughs> Yeah, so there you go. So my point is, is that he's getting older. He's not the same player he once was. To your yeah. point, um, Byron Murphy. You know, yeah, I think he's going to be solid for them. But I mean, defensively, you know, Daniel Hunter is getting older too. You know, um, not the most impressive group defensively. Offensively, you had brought it up. Um, you know, that O line is is a little bit rough aside from the tackles. Um, like I said, I'm personally not the biggest Kirk Cousins fan, um, but I'll leave that for another conversation because I know we're up against it. Uh, but yeah, losing Dalvin Cook and then losing Zadarius Smith on top of that, and I think it's pretty inevitable that Cook will be gone. Um, and if you have a really weak interior O line, the run game's going to struggle. So uh, yeah, usually, yeah, usually. Um, I will say, and I'll wrap up the, the Vikings here, like. Um, I'm with you. Flores is going to help, but like their linebacking group is pretty bad. Like it's, pretty it, it takes reader and nobody. Um, like Andrew Booth, you know, was, is, was highly touted coming out of the draft last year. We didn't really see anything out of him. Um, we know, we know really nothing about, uh, Caleb Evans as well. Yep. This is a really bad group. Um, and it, it, it's, it's not a whole lot of depth there in the secondary it's it's pretty bad um and in my opinion if, if they do lose dalvin cooks as a seven win team um and it, it's there's brian flores is good like without a doubt i want to make yes. sure that i i, I say that yep. he is very good this is asking a, a miracle this is asking a miracle um and yeah, if you don't have dalvin cook there which is like really they're Outside of Jefferson's probably their best piece, right? Which again, just is why I don't understand the Smith trade. He was you know, your your team is old. He you only really have one more push. The the division is weak. Why give up the strength of your team? Yeah. Now with it's, a second year head coach too, like yeah. that's it's not like you know, and and O'Connell did a nice job there year one, right? So I don't know. That's a little yeah. weird. All right. Well, let's let's wrap it up here with uh with. The projections, this is how I have it. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I think Minnesota uh, is more of a seven-and-a-half win team. Uh, I think Detroit could actually be a little bit higher, maybe eight, right? I think they could be there at eight, eight-and-a-half, actually. Um, I think Green Bay is perfect where they're at, um, and then Chicago is, is, is good where they're at, too. Yeah, no, honestly, right now, this is still with Dalvin Cook on the roster, so I still feel good about this. If Dalvin Cook is off this roster, uh, I do think the Vikings slide into that third spot, um, and then that might move Detroit up to eight wins. 
that might yeah yeah we'll see what that yeah. does to the standings we'll see. um we'll see. And, and the model but overall this is a very mid division after talking about the AFCs last last week which was an amazing division um but probably a one playoff team division this year yes uh sure. but we'll see what happens to them uh we'll be back next week talking the uh the AFC North which is a way better division I'm, I'm looking forward to that yeah, um, Yo, that that's that's really big ten ball. That is. Yeah, that is. That, that'll, that'll be fun. We'll see you all next week for the AFC North preview.